The reading this morning is taken from the, the book of 1 John, which is one of the last smaller letters at the end of the Bible. So it's 1 John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 10. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testified to it, and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we, have, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So if you could open your Bibles again with me on uh, the first letter to John. 1 John chapter 1. Um, when we as Christians share the gospel with, uh, with a friend, with a neighbor, uh, what is it exactly that we are trying to, to, to achieve? What, what is it that we want for that person that we are sharing the gospel to? Is it we want to... Um, help them be delivered from eternal punishment? Uh, is it because we want them to be with God in a place of, of no tears? Um, is it because maybe we want them to have a better life as well, uh, be a better husband, uh, a better mother, a better uh, mom or dad? Um, now, of course, all these things, they are, they are very important aspects of the Christian life. Um, and, and we should think of them, and, and they are part of, of what we would call salvation. Uh, but I think the end, uh, the climax of the Christian life is, and of the Christian hope is much more than um, something that will happen to us, um, uh, you know, in this world, uh, or... Um, it's, it's much more than, than simply being free from, from punishment. In this first uh, chapter of 1 John, John tells his readers that he proclaimed the gospel to them so that they would enjoy an eternal, loving fellowship with God. So this morning I want to point out three things uh, from this passage. Uh, first, we'll be looking at two uh, 
well, we'll be looking at, at three different things, but the first two will be two different kinds of fellowship that, that John, John points out. Um, first is the fellowship of God the Son with human nature. Now, that sounds a bit uh, abstract, but I hopefully I'll, I'll be able to clarify. So, first one, the fellowship of God the Son with the human nature. Second one, the fellowship of the Christian with God. And then thirdly, how can we know if we are in this fellowship with God or not? So those are the first thing, the, the, the three things that I, that I hope to point out uh, to you this morning. Uh, but first, let me just highlight to you uh, the reason why the Apostle John wrote this letter. It's very helpful when, when the biblical writer, he says, you know, I'm writing this letter for this reason. And, and he says in, in verse 4, so have a look at with, me, with me at uh, verse 4. He says, and we are writing this thing, these things so that our joy may be complete. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. So what we be seen in, the, in this passage this morning is not just um, a piece of interesting doctrine uh, that we, we can feed our minds, oh, oh this is what, what's going on. Um, it is not just that. And, and also, it isn't just like a, a moral code on how to behave, you know, and, and how to do things. No, the Apostle John, he, he's writing this letter so that his readers may have a complete joy, a complete Christian joy. So understanding what John says throughout the letter, really, but I think especially on, on chapter 1, um, will actually make us have a complete Christian joy. Uh, so let's have a look at our, at our first fellowship, now that we have cleared in our minds what is, that, what is it that John is trying to achieve. Um, the first fellowship. The fellowship between God the Son and, and human nature. It, it's basically the Christian miracle that we were just commemorating a, a few weeks ago, a few days ago. Uh, the Christmas miracle. God became man. Have a look at verses 1 and 2. That which, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest. And we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. Now, the name of Jesus, uh, you might have noticed, doesn't come up on these verses. But John is talking about Jesus. And he's saying something that is extremely important for us as Christians. John is saying that the Son of God the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, became a real man. So if you notice, he, he says things that can only be said of the Son of God. He says things like, that which was from the beginning. And then in verse 2, he says, the life. You might remember Jesus saying, I am the truth, the way, and the life. So he says, the life. And then at verse 3, he says, which was with the Father. So those are things that can only be said of Jesus, the Son of God. But he also says things that 
could be said of, of any of us here this morning. He says that we have heard him. We've seen him with our eyes. We have touched with our hands. So here John is presenting, as I said, the Christmas miracle. God the Son became a man. He had a fellowship. He, he became united with the very human nature that we have. Our very flesh, flesh was united to God. Jesus became a real man. Now, why is this relevant? Um, why did John begin his letter by affirming, you know, Jesus was both God and man? Remember, remember what we read in verse 4. John says that these things, uh, he's writing these things so that uh, the joy of his readers, or joy, would be complete. So it has to be relevant. It has to matter. But how is that? Why does that matter? Why does it matter that Jesus became man? Uh, when the Apostle John, he, he was writing uh, this letter to, uh, to the people in his church, there were some folk there, it seems, by, by the context of the letter. Um, th it seems that there were some people that, that were saying that Jesus, well, Jesus, he never really was a man. He was not a real man. You know, they would say, Jesus, he looked like a real man but he was not a real man with flesh and bones. And, and people, the understanding of these people was that at the body, what we have, flesh and bones, um, it, this body is something so bad, it's, it's so low, that there is no chance that God himself would take a real body to himself. So what, God the Son did was like he appeared to be a man so that he could communicate with others, but he was not a real man because he would not go that low. So he, Jesus appeared to be a man, but he wasn't really one. Now, the problem with believing this is that if Jesus was not a real man, just like you and me, he would not be able to save people like us. If Jesus was not a real man, he would not be able to save people like us. And, and I know it may sound a bit weird, but for us to understand this, I think would be good for us to go um, back to the beginning of time. We should uh, go back to the Garden of Eden and look at the first man ever created, Adam. Adam was a real man in flesh and bones, who received a command from God. He was allowed to enjoy every fruit. He lived in a, in a garden of yes. He lived in a garden of yes. Yes, you are, you are allowed to enjoy every fruit, but one. And, and we, I think we all uh, probably know this story fairly well. Uh, Adam went on, he rebelled against God and he ate the fruit. And when he did that, he broke his relationship with God. And even 
but, but he, did, he did even more than just break his relationship with God. Adam, because uh, he was the first man, he was our representative before God. He, he represented all of us. So by sinning and, and, and disobeying God, he brought all of us, all of us. You might remember, remember uh, C.S. Lewis in the Chronicles of Narnia, and he calls you know, the kids the sons of, sons of Adam you know, and daughters of Eve. So when, when, when Adam, he, he failed, and when he disobeyed against God, and when he rebelled against God, he brought all of us with him because he was our representative. Now, some of you m might hear this and think, well, I don't, I don't know how much of that is fair. Um, I, I don't want Adam as my representative. Um, how, how does that work? And, well, so, so let's take, for example, Joe Biden, right? Um, if Joe Biden, the president of the US, was to declare uh, war against Russia, Joe Biden being right now the, the representative of the American people, if he declares war against Russia, every American citizen, either they like it or not, is at war with Russia. Because Joe Biden is, is, their, is their representative. And, and Adam, as a man, as the first man created perfect, uh, was our, our representative. And he declared war against God. Now, to fix what Adam did, we need another man to be our representative before God. And since Adam was a real man with flesh and bones, and he, in a sense, he, he rebelled against God with our very nature, with the same nature that we have, we need someone with the same nature that we have to be our representative and fix things. Now, the problem is that none of us can do this because all of us have sinned and rebelled against God. We became unworthy. We don't have the right to approach God. Um, last night, I, I was reading um, a book called uh, Pastoral Care by, by a pope in the 1500, in the, in, 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 I think it, it was 540 uh, uh, A.D., he, he was writing this book, and, and he, says, he says something really interesting. He says, like, um, so um, if a man comes to me and asks me to plead in his favor um, with someone that is angry at him, I would, be, I would be of no help if the man was also angry with me. And, and this is our, our position before God. We all have sins. We all are sinful. We don't have the right to approach God. So we need a perfect man to be our representative. We need a perfect man to pay for our sins. And then again, the Christmas miracle. Jesus, the Son of God, became man. And the good news is that because he was truly God, and because he's perfect and has no sin, no failure, there is no rebellion in him, and then because he was born of a virgin and is truly man, just like you and me, he's able to represent us instead of Adam. This is why 
being truly God and truly man is so important for John. Because if Jesus wasn't a real man, he wouldn't be able to pay for our sins. To look like a man wouldn't be enough. He had to share in our very nature. Now, sorry for the, a bit of the tangent. It, I, th I thought it was just helpful to clarify that. So you see, John is not giving uh, some, some unimportant information when, when he tells these things to his readers. When he opens his letter saying these things, no, he's giving vital information about Jesus because the gospel is only good news if Jesus uh, was um, uh, truly God and truly man. But the good news is that he is truly God and truly man and he can pay for our sins. He can be our representative. So this is the first fellowship that I wanted to uh, point out that John uh, uh, brings up in this letter. So the fellowship of God with human nature. Now, the second one um, that flows from the first point, the fellowship of the Christian with God. Have a look at verse three. Um, John says, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that, here's the reason, so that you too may have fellowship with, with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his, son, with his Son, Jesus Christ. So John says that the proclamation of this message, that God became man, is the means through which uh, people are brought into union, into fellowship with the triune God. Now, I know the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is not um, explicitly mentioned in, 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 this, in this verse. Um, 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 however, we, are, we should uh, take our understanding from, from the whole Bible. So it seems that maybe for um, rhetorical reasons, John just uh, doesn't use the Holy Spirit, but we know that God is three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And, they, and the three are one, they are three distinct persons. And, and in this trinity, in this, uh, in, this, in this trinity, they have for all eternity loved one another. They have always rejoiced and, and, and delighted in each other. Um, so that actually is a, is a good point because some, sometimes we can think that God created uh, people and God created angels in order to, uh, so that he wouldn't feel so lonely, you know, he, so he had someone to have fellowship with. But that, that, is, that is not actually true because God as a trinity, he has always enjoyed a perfect communion, uh, uh, God the Father with God the Son and, and with the God the Holy Spirit. So, so creation is more like a, an overflow of this, of this joyful relationship um, rather than anything else. Now, but John is saying that Christians, they have been saved through the proclamation of the message about Jesus. And they are now brought into, into this fellowship, into this loving relationship with the Trinity. They, they become children of God. They, they, they start to have the, the privilege of not 
being expectators of, of God's love for his son, Jesus Christ, but rather they also enjoy that same love. So John says, we are proclaiming this message about Jesus to you so that you too may be brought in this fellowship with God. Words cannot uh, describe such a thing. When we believe in the gospel, when we believe in the, Christmas, in the Christmas message that God became man, we are brought into this fellowship, into this loving union with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So, so think of the amazing privilege you have uh, if you are a Christian. If you believe in the message that was proclaimed by the Apostle John and by the other apostles, you have fellowship with the triune God, and you are loved by God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Not as, as not to, you, you don't receive a, a, a smaller uh, portion of God's love. No, you are loved by God the Son as Jesus himself is loved by God, God the Father. You have fellowship with the triune God, and this truly should make our joy complete. But now, how can we know if we are in this fellowship? And that's the next thing that, that John addresses in this letter. And, and it is my third and final point. How can we know if we are in this fellowship with God or not? Because it matters, doesn't it? It matters. And, and I think it is inevitable when we, when we think of these things and when we hear about fellowship with God some of us might be uh, more confident. Oh yeah, sure, I, I do have a fellowship with God. Uh, now, others of us might, might, uh, might struggle and, and wonder, do I, have a, do I really have a, fellow, a, a relationship with God? Um, and, and, and this is something that has been true of many Christians throughout history. You know, they struggle, do I uh, really belong to God? Do I have fellowship with God? Because the reality is that some people, they might claim that they have, and they don't. And others might be unsure about their relationship with God, but they actually do have a relationship. So, so what we have in the next uh, five verses, verses five to ten, is, is basically a, a, a short step-by-step step, uh, to see if we are actually in a relationship with God. So have a look at verses five, six, and seven. Uh, John says, this is the message we have uh, heard from him, from Jesus, and proclaimed to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have uh, fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie, and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. So, so far in this passage, we, we've seen a couple of unions. The unions of the two natures of Jesus. Uh, second, how the union of those, those two natures are essential for, for us to have fellowship with God. And now what we see here in these verses is that God is light and he has no fellowship with darkness. 
Throughout the whole Bible, there is one message that comes over and over again. Uh, God is holy. He has no fellowship with darkness. He has no fellowship with sin. And this is what John, this is the point that, that John is making here. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. So if we say we have fellowship with him, and that if we say we have been brought into this loving union with, with God, and now we are part of his body, we are part of the church, well then walking in the light must be uh, the reality of our lives. Because in God, there is no darkness at all. In God, there is no darkness at all. Now, that doesn't mean that we must walk in the light so that we may come into a relationship with God. But rather, it means that if we are in a relationship with God, the evidence of this fact is that we walk in the light. We have holy lives, basically, is what John is saying. Now, I'm sure all of us um, have heard stories of, oh, this guy was a religious leader, you know, and look what he did. Or, or this woman, uh, you know, she claimed to be pious and, and so on. And look what she did. Look the way that she lived. Now, according to these verses, those who truly have fellowship with God, they walk in the light. Sin, uh, darkness, is not the pattern of their lives. And then maybe you, you read this and you hear me saying these things and, about walking in the light and, and, and you look at your own heart and, and your actions, maybe even, uh, maybe even today during the week, and, and then you think, of how many times uh, you fell short, how many, time, how many times you, you failed um, to do God's will, despite knowing that that's what you should do. And if, and if that is you, um, let's have a look at verse eight. John says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. So as much as walking in darkness proves that we have no fellowship with God, claiming that we don't fall short from God's standards also proves that we have no fellowship with God. So struggling at times and... and, and, and um, failing in, in our walk with God is the experience of every Christian. What we see John saying this, in these verses is not that Christians can achieve perfection in this life because that is impossible. While we live in this fallen world, uh, we will fight sin and, and we'll, we will fight uh, temptation. And, and at times we're going to fail. Even more often than, than maybe we would like to admit. 
What John is saying then is, is that if someone lives his life in darkness, in other words, if, if he lives his life in a deliberate, sinful way, that is evidence that he has not been brought into a fellowship with God. So there is hope. Look at verse 9. There is hope for sinners like us. Look at verse 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we have a, a good and gracious God, a God who, who will not punish uh, sin twice. He already punished sin in Jesus Christ. So if we confess uh, at, the, at the cross, so if we confess our sins, we will be forgiven. So this is the amazing privilege we have as, as Christians. God the Father sent his only begotten son to take the place of sinners like you and me. So Jesus became uh, united uh, with our human nature. Through, through his physical body, he shared in our nature, he, he suffered real pain and real death in order that we may be united, uh, in order that we may have this loving, uh, be part of this loving fellowship with the Trinity. So, to be united to God, to have fellowship with the Trinity, is the glory, is the beauty, is the honor of the Christian life. Escaping hell, being a good parent, living eternally with God in heaven, being a good spouse, all these things, they are really important, and we should think of them. But what should make our joy complete is the fact that we are in fellowship with God. This should truly make our joy complete. Um, so, so let us pray and, and thank God for the amazing privilege that we have as Christians. We praise you, your holy name, our, our Father. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy and in your kindness towards us, that while we were still sinners, Jesus Christ, uh, your son, became a man. He was born of a virgin. He grew up. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified. He died and was buried. We thank you, Lord, that... Uh, you looked down on us and you had mercy on us and you saw our misery, the misery that we, um, that we are part of uh, because of our own sins, because of Adam who used to be our representative before uh, we had Christ. And so we thank you, Lord, for your wonderful gift of your son. And we thank you, Lord, that we've been brought into this wonderful, loving fellowship uh, with you. And we pray, Father, that uh, you may give assurance to those that are not sure if they have fellowship with you. And if some of us here this morning do not have this fellowship, we pray, Father, that you would save them 
that you would bring them from darkness to light. And that they also may enjoy this fellowship with you for all eternity. Help us, Father, to walk in the light as you are in the light. And that we may walk in a manner that is worthy of the gospel and worthy of this fellowship that we have with you. We pray these things uh, in your son's name, Jesus. Amen.